This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. In 20 minutes, another scintillating edition of GTFO or Oh Yeah. Alongside Jim Rodriguez, I'm Chris Mack. Joe and Aaron off today. Welcome into BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Lightning bets before we wrap up the show as well. If you missed it earlier, don't worry. It's what your Odyssey app is for. Get in there. Listen to BetQL. You can rewind or download it later as a podcast. Our division-by-division catch-up on the NBA started today with the Northwest. Nuggets, T-Wolves, legit Western Conference contenders, maybe even NBA title contenders, OKC. How far can they go? All inside your Odyssey app. And we started out the show talking about Mike Tomlin and Justin Fields' love affair because, hey, Valentine's Day is tomorrow, and you never know. When the cute boy in class may drop a chocolate in your Valentine's Day box, J. Rod. Wait, wait, Valentine's Day's Valentine's Day's tomorrow? Yeah, don't worry. I almost forgot about it too. We're both screwed. I know. I I, I gotta go. Hang on. Say no. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Let's dive back into college hoops because there's a decent card tonight, and we had another top ten team get bludgeoned on the road last night. It's like baptism by fire now. You have to lose on the road if you're a top 10 team. Isaac Trotter, National College basketball writer for 24-7 Sports, joins us to talk about it. Isaac, first and foremost, are you prepared for Valentine's Day? (laughs) I'm not, really, to be honest. I'm really trying to work my way out here. Maybe I'll do like some homemade chocolate covered strawberries and maybe maybe she'll like that I'm like going above and beyond to make it myself instead of buying them. That's kind of my yeah, that's kind of my game plan, I think, right now. That's I think I have a keychain or something laying around here. Maybe I can get the keychain. You keep out. looking, Jim. Um, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I mentioned baptism by fire, Isaac. Like everybody in the top ten has top twenty, I guess. Really has an ugly, ugly loss on their resume at this point, and it happens again last night with Kansas. I mean, we're at the point where hold on. I, I had the number looked up earlier. I want to say it's. 30 some it's a ridiculous number the number of top 10 teams that have 33. lost 33rd time 33 yeah an AP top 10 team has lost on the road to an unranked opponent this year most in the AP era um what do we take away from Kansas's loss specifically last night and Bill Self kind of imploding and then I, I guess project out over the rest of the landscape uh, because of this yeah, I wasn't too stunned that Kansas lost last night. I guess I was a little stunned the way it looked, though. Uh, that was a little bit surprising to me. Obviously, Kevin McCuller being out was something. But Kansas had really beat up. They've been sick. Guys not practicing. So I think a loss made sense. But the way they got bludgeoned was a little bit odd to me. Again, it's another sign. This is a really, really thin group. So, yes, Kansas's A game is awesome. And, yes, we've seen them beat great teams this year and embarrass really good teams this year. But in, the Mar- in March, you're going to have to find a way to win six. 
that's a little bit tough when you have maybe six guys that you trust in this rotation right now. So it's interesting. But again, like when we talk about all of these teams getting killed, I don't know if it means anything because if it's happening to everybody, like what does it mean anymore? Like uh, one other thing I looked at too, 47 of the top 50 teams on Ken Palm this year have lost a game by double digits this season. Like the only three that haven't are Duke, Illinois, and Florida Atlantic. It's like, it just seems like that's just the way it is. So it, it really was interesting because you see Tennessee gets blasted on the road and then Alabama gets blasted on the road. Then Auburn gets blasted on the road. It's just like, this is kind of what basketball is, I guess, this year. And it's, it's really hard for me to be like, well, we got to eliminate every single team that gets crushed because every single team has gotten crushed this year. Yeah. I think is, is this sort of like, are we maybe unconsciously uh, saying like, like we do in college football, where if a team loses, well, that's it. They can't. They can never. They can never win the national championship, or there's no way they're going to win the national championship. It's not college football. And again, on top of that, we know these teams are going into the tournament. But that being said, is there any teams that, despite the, these ugly losses, that you still say, "Listen, I'm still putting money on them in the tournament." Yeah, I think we've had a conversation before about okay, Purdue and UConn are this top tier. I'm kind of wondering if Arizona is starting to join that top tier with them. I was super impressed with them last week, going on the road, winning a triple overtime game against Utah, then going on the road and beating a pretty, pretty good, talented Colorado team by 20. That's impressive. So in an era where, hey, everybody's losing on the road, big, big games, if you can go on the road and also win and look really good, like that makes that makes a little bit more sense to me. This is an Arizona team that they've had some pockets right early in the year where you've seen them lay some eggs. But we also Mm -hmm. see them. They're old. They're experienced. They have a lot of different ways that they can beat you. They have one of the best X's and O's coaches in college basketball. They're deep. Their fourth and fifth guards are better than about anybody. K.J. Lewis is a monster coming off the bench. Jaden Bradley would probably start for 50 teams in college basketball right now. Like, And they both those guys come off the bench. So I'm looking at this Arizona team going, man, they, they check off a lot more boxes for me. So is that a group that could potentially join that top tier? I think I'm there. And I, I wonder if this is a good spot to buy them because you look at the rest of their schedule. They might play just one NCAA tournament team the rest of the regular season. Like they, they have a chance to get really, really hot here. They're playing well. They have a chance to get hot. We could look at them as a team going into March where it's like, hey, have they, how many games have they won? They won 13 games in a row, 14 games in a row. Like, and we might miss a number. So I wonder if this is a buyback opportunity on, on Arizona at 12 to 1 to win the national title because maybe they are at that 7 to 1, 8 to 1 range like Purdue, like UConn in a couple of weeks. I was even going to bring up the final four number, Isaac, 260, you know, 250, anywhere from 250 to three, three to one uh, for Arizona to get to the final four. Cause I think that's the point where we're at with this season now is you bring up a good point. Like UConn or Purdue are the two teams that have looked consistently very good all year. And it's about figuring out that next tier because that helps us figure out, okay, who are our final four? Who are our elite eight? Who are going to be on the one and two lines in a couple of weeks when we're filling out our brackets and I guess that's where we're trying to see, you know, you mentioned Tennessee three to three and a half to make the final four right now, 14 to one for the national title, North Carolina, who's going to go on the road to Syracuse tonight and is coming off uh, a difficult loss. Also 14 to one national title around three fifty to make the final four. So um, maybe that's the question then, where is the value for you on maybe final four bets as well as national championship right now, given what we're seeing from that second tier of teams. 
Yeah, I'm not sure where the buy point is for those right now. It's just it's really really tough to understand it. I, I'm I think the bracket this year matters maybe more than ever before because mm-hmm. I don't think the gap between you know that fifth best team in the country and the 27th best team in the country is that mm-hmm. wide for me. You know, you look at Texas Tech right now, that's maybe like a top 25-ish team. That's a really, really good basketball team. And so I feel like the bracket for me is going to be vital. I do think there are some long shots out there, too, that make some sense, too. Like Wake Forest, that's a team I keep going back to. That's a really talented club. What number can you get for them to make the Final Four? If they make the big t- big dance, like that's a really good team. Florida is a team we had 90-1 to 1 on them to win the SEC earlier in this a couple weeks ago. Now it's down to 40-1. to 1. They're really talented. They're, that's a really good group. So maybe it's like I'm starting to look outside of the board of like these top teams that have the talent to make a run where I can get a big number on them to make the Final Four in this league where we kind of feel like it's pretty wide open after the first two or three teams. Those are the angles that I keep looking at. While the future is important, Isaac, we also have to concentrate on the now. And there's a couple of games that you've got some plays with tonight. What are you looking at tonight on the board? Yeah, for me, I I think Cincinnati minus one and a half against Iowa State makes a lot of sense. Both of these teams are two of the best defensive teams in the Big 12. They're really physical, really tough. Cincinnati really needs this one bad. We've seen them play well at home as as well, too. But they're coming off a tough loss to Houston. But the thing is, is Houston's defense and Iowa State's defense, they're very similar. So I think a lot of the prep that they had for Houston will play tonight against Iowa State. And Cincinnati just got C.J. Frederick back in the rotation, too. We'll see how much he plays tonight. He's one of the better catch-and-shoot guys in the country. Why does that matter? Well, Iowa State ranks 330th nationally in the most, like allowing over 10 unguarded catch-and-shoot threes per game. So tonight, for me, if, if Cincinnati just gets shots on the rim, that's the huge win for them. Because if they don't turn it over and just get a shot, they're one of the better offensive rebounding teams in the country. Iowa State has struggled giving up offensive rebounds. They've given up double-digit offensive rebounds in six of the last seven games. They have the worst offensive rebounding rate for their defense in Big 12 play. So just getting shots up. If I if I think Cincinnati wins the shot attempts game tonight, I think they could maybe have six or seven or eight shot attempts more than, more than Iowa State. And they have the size. I think it's a good spot for a team that really, really needs this one to feel good about themselves on Selection Sunday. Like, you don't get many quad one opportunities at home. you got to take advantage of them, and this is a big spot for Cincy. You mentioned the defense there, Isaac. Uh, what about props for that game, player props where people can get them? Are Is it unders that you're looking for? Some of them, yeah, for sure. I, I think the rebounding one, too, is is an interesting angle. For me, I look at the top offensive rebounders on Cincinnati, whether that's Aziz Badego, Victor Lockin, guys like that for rebounds against them. Um, we'll see what that Milan Momsilovic line is for me as well, the Iowa State stud freshman who can really shoot it from three. But Cincinnati's done a good job for the most part this year at limiting some of those open threes. So those would be some props I'm looking at. Another prop I really like tonight is in Creighton, Georgetown. Uh, Jay Nepps over 16 and a half makes a lot of sense to me. He has the second highest usage rate of any guard or any player in the Big East so far this year. And Creighton's a good defense, but they don't turn you over. They'll let you take shots. And you don't need to give Jaden Epps many opportunities. We've had seen games this year where he has 27 shots in a game, 19 shots in a game. And so when I attack the prop market, I'm looking all for volume, right? And if I know that projecting tonight, you're probably looking at Epps at 18 to 19 to maybe 20 shots tonight to get 16 and a half. That's a pretty good spot for me. And then you look at the recent lead guards against Creighton. Desmond Claude had 22. Devin Carter had 28. DJ Davis, 22. Alamir Dawes and Kadari Richmond, Seton Hall star duo. They both had 21. So I think in a night where Georgetown's going to have to try to get to 70, 75, 80 to beat Creighton, 
Epps is going to be a big part of it. You got to be aggressive. I think he's going to come off ball screens, get into the middle of the lane and take a bunch of shots. Now they might not go in. The volume might not be there, right? Like, or, or the, the efficiency might not be there, but if I get eight for 20 tonight, you're probably, you're probably on the right side of over 16 and a half. Now, Isaac, you're talking to a guy who went to Creighton. Am I laying 18 and a half? I know it's at home. 18 and a half. That's a, that's plump. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It is. It is. And my fear with Creighton this year, I think their defensive numbers are a little bit better than what they're actually playing defensively. You know, they, they're they a team that they're, they can be a little bit, I don't want to say soft, but they don't make you uncomfortable, you know, and that's a little bit of a scary thing for me. This is a Georgetown offense that they're not talent. They don't have a ton of talent. They're not very old, but this Creighton defense doesn't turn you over. They don't make you uncomfortable. They don't make you take tough shots that can lead to teams, you know, kind of sticking around in that 16, 17, 18 point range. I don't think I could lay that tonight. Isaac Trotter, 24-7 sports national college basketball writer with us here on BetQL Daily. Let's stay focused on tonight's card. Um, I have a question about this one because it's a team in my backyard, and they're going to Virginia where the Cavaliers have not lost yet this season. But Pitt's been – this is two hot teams, right? Pitt has played better as of late. A win for them. You talk about the hunger effect, really, when you talk about Iowa State-Cincinnati and the Bearcats desperately need that one. Pitt needs this one to firmly put themselves back on the bubble as well. Um, what's, What's your look on Pitt, Virginia tonight? Yeah, I haven't been a huge fan of this Virginia team, to be honest. So I'm kind of waiting to see when is the right time to go back against them. I'm not sure this is the the right spot for it, though. Pitt is a team that they've been decimated by injuries. So they're going to play, you know, kind of their core six or seven or eight guys pretty much all game long. But for me, I'm looking at Bub Carrington under 12 and a half points. This is a Virginia defense that's been phenomenal this year. And what are they good at? They They force turnovers. They don't give up open threes, and they really don't give up much in transition. So if I'm trying to bet a Bub Carrington over, it's like, all right, does he have to make seven tough, contested mid-range twos against the best defensive guard in the country in Reese Beekman? Because he doesn't get to the free throw line. They're not going to get threes. Like that That feels like an under for me, under 12 and a half, even though he's going to be on the floor probably 35, 36 minutes a night. So that's probably my lean for me. I don't know if I can bet the side on this one. I lean maybe toward the under because Pitt, again, doesn't have a lot of rim pressure. They're going to basically shoot a bunch of jumpers tonight. And Virginia, shooting contested jumpers against Virginia feels like a pretty rough strategy and could potentially lead to an under with two teams that don't necessarily play at a high tempo. So it could get really grimy. Uh, and, but I, I just, I think that this is a spot where Virginia wins, but I'm not sure they cover six and a half. I don't think I can lay it, but I do like the Bub Carrington under 12 and a half. Isaac, there's no way Kentucky's losing at home to Ole Miss. They're not losing four home games at Rupp, right? Yeah, I think this is a good spot for Kentucky. Uh, they're getting healthy. Uh, they get Trey Mitchell, I think is going to play tonight. DJ Wagner back in the lineup. This is a group that you have got to run on Ole Miss. You know, Ole Miss is is starting to play a lot smaller lately, and Kentucky makes you play small. And I think that's going to be the key. I think I think Kentucky's guards are just too good for Ole Miss's guards. Even though Ole Miss's wings are tough and physical, and Chris Beard's a really good coach, I think Ole Miss is going to come in really prepared. But Kentucky can really 
you know, Ole Miss, we've seen them have times where they just go on like three, four, five minute scoring droughts. That you have one of those against Kentucky and you're down 12th in a heartbeat. Like that's just how it is. It's, it's, a, that's a really scary team to go against. So I, I think Kentucky finds a way to get back on track against an Ole Miss defense that you can run on a little bit. And if you can get to the rim and finish at the rim, you got a chance against Ole Miss. Check them out. 24 seven sports, national college basketball writer, Isaac Trotter. Isaac, thanks so much for the time. We'll check in again next week. If you don't mind. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, great stuff there from Isaac Pitt, Virginia. We touched on Kentucky. Like you said, Jay, right? I mean, Kentucky doesn't lose at home again. I think it's just a matter of do they cover the number and how uncomfortable does it get at Rupp tonight because ugh, everything's been uncomfortable for the Wildcats lately. <laughs> Coming up next, uh, we're going to go all over the place. We've got a question about Kansas City. We've got a question about somebody who maybe should be headed to Kansas City. What else could they possibly need? And a question about the Niners. Favored? They just lost. They're favored. Plus a few others will sprinkle in as well. GTFO? Or, oh, yeah, next here on BetQL Daily.